been a while since my last podcast and um, I'm glad to be back on because I think we're in an environment now that um, we didn't think we would be in. You know, six months ago, end of 2021, we certainly felt like we had the wind at our backs. Now, in the face of rising inflation, ridiculously high fuel prices, a war in Ukraine, to name just a few things, it certainly feels as if the the wind is in our face. And we're looking at our investments and um, there's a bit of a bloodbath happening when it comes to investments generally, but importantly offshore. Um, and it makes us question things. And I think that's where this comes from. There's a lot of questions going out. There's what is going on and how does one manage this? And I think importantly for me is is helping you understand what's going on in nice and simplistic terms, but also, you know, how to how to best put in place a framework in a, to enable you to make decisions so that when you're in these situations, um, there's a there's context and um, it enables decision making that's that's not driven by panic, but rather driven out of strategic sort of intent. And you know that's effectively what we want to try and get out of this. So you know, quite simply, you know, we we are we are we all facing incredible um, increase in prices and what 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 we call inflation. And this has crept in and escalated very quickly over the last um, twelve months, but more so over the last um, six months. Um, and importantly, what's also happened now, and um, a catalyst has been the war in Ukraine, where it's put a huge strain on the oil supply because of the Russian oil. Um, and the oil price, again, feeding into inflation, because obviously that affects all different consumer goods that are distributed globally. So, I mean, effectively, having having inflation um, going through a big spark leads to an environment where you know, firstly, the people that are affected by it are not enjoying it. And secondly, the central banks have to now control it. Someone needs to control inflation. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, I don't understand what's going on because, you know, prices are so high and now they're increasing interest rates. All it's doing is making it worse for me because my bond is um, it's costing me more on my bond or on, on my debt. You know, and quite simply, inflation in this environment seemingly has been caused by demand so you know over the last 15 years um after the global financial crisis there's been a lot of easy money that's been pumped into the system and it's enabled people and businesses to spend um and the more and the easier it is to spend obviously the more demand there is out there which leads to higher prices um, and effectively that's where we are right now and the easiest way to control that is to increase um, interest rates, which effectively makes money more expensive and decreases the the appetite for, for spending, for borrowing money, and also increases the appetite for savings and just changes people's behavior. And that's effectively where we are right now. And that is why, um, that is exactly why interest rates um, around the world starting to grow obviously it is a lot more complex to that but that's a bit of context as to what's going on and how they're trying to curve this unfortunately for you as a consumer and for me as a consumer there's going to be a period of time where we're going to need to suffer the consequences of that until such time that it tips over and and we, we start to see prices come off again and that's that's effectively where we are now the consequence of doing that is that in an environment where um, money is cheap 
and you know people are spending freely you can imagine that that translates into really good um, share prices and really good prospects for shares because you know things are good people are investing people are, are spending as soon as interest rates start increasing you're trying to curb demand um you know quite simplistically that then flow when you're forecasting forward that flows into the share prices and suddenly now you need to now start to de decrease your expectations of these shares and which leads to a revision of the share prices and leads to where we are now where you know we're getting a big sell-off in equity markets globally not not to mention that when in when interest rates increase the price of of bonds decrease so in any sort of balanced type of investment you've got equities and you've got bonds so at the moment there's a bit of a double whammy going on especially offshore so effectively that's where we are right now and that's sort of you know if, if you're wondering you know what's the context that is the context in very very simplistic terms but in that you know in that space we're now looking at our investments going like what is going on a lot of people um jumped on the back of really good 10-year run in, in U.S. equities and developed market equities um, and, you know, jumped in on the bandwagon to try and, to try and do that. Now, now suddenly they're finding themselves in a situation where, you know, it's not looking so pretty. And since they've invested, they're potentially down 20, 30, maybe even more um, percent on their investment. And I think this is where I really start to, to um, make my point around, you know, having the right framework to make decisions because as a South African when you are investing your your hard-earned wealth you need to know why you're doing it so that not only the investment vehicle you're putting it into can be appropriate but how you're investing it is appropriate um, because that will then determine you know number one your mindset around that money and your ability to then see through it um, and see it through its cycle um, so in the event that it's down 30%, there's context to it and you can strategically sort of manage the expectations when it comes to that. Um, and a lot of people I've been speaking to, um, rather than being in a framework, have made the decision purely based on a return and are now really struggling with that decision because of where they find themselves. Um, so it's an interesting time that we, that we face and it is at the same time um, those with a framework are more comfortable. Those without are trying to work out where to go. Now, in previous episodes, I spoke about the financial planning framework. And part of that framework, if I just quickly revise it, was, you know, risk management, understanding the risks that you face generally and protecting against it, emergency funding for those emergencies. And, and those are importantly invested in something that is low risk and delivering a really um, consistent return then you've got your retirement pot and this is another podcast i did was around asset liability matching and speaks to this whole offshore onshore investment approach um, if you are going to retire in south africa your money that you're going that are is set aside for your retirement income in south africa needs to be invested in rands and invested um, in a globally diversified portfolio but importantly in rands because it decreases friction and it also the, the sort of the currency friction it decreases risk but importantly it's invested in an asset allocation that's appropriate for retirement and that's different for everyone but importantly with that mindset it's invested very differently um, once you 
move out of the retirement space and you start talking about excess capital, capital that you more than likely do not need, that money more often than not is then invested offshore. And that is then quite a simple decision to say that money needs to be offshore because I don't need it. And then is invested strategically um, because it is legacy or excess capital. Um, and importantly, when I, say, when I talk about sort of getting back to basics and having this framework, once you've made that decision that this is now excess money and you've structured it appropriately offshore and you've invested it, even if it is invested in, in a pure equity portfolio and it's down 30 or 40%, now there is context. We don't need to worry necessarily that it's down 30% because we've got context as to we, this is a very long-term investment and we've got time to, time to see it through. And I think that's what's, what's ever so important right now. Um, and importantly, you know, another thing that comes with this onshore, offshore debate around investments is um, the RAND. And, you know, generally speaking, South Africans, we are, we can be quite negative when it comes to South Africa. But if we look at this, at the RAND um, over, over, certainly over the last few years, it's been a very stable um, currency. And for all intents and purposes, it's actually strengthened to a large extent, depending on when you, when you look at it. So, you know, taking the view of sending your money offshore, it could be quite a precarious situation you find yourselves in because not only has the RAND appreciated, but you could find yourself in a very, um, very bad equity market offshore and things don't look, look particularly um, good. So my, my, my point there is when you have a framework when it comes to making those decisions, and importantly, you know, if you've gone, make sure your risks are taken into account, make sure your emergency funding is taken into account, your retirement, which is obviously the most important, is secured and invested appropriately, then you sort of, you can then look strategically around how to use the excess capital. Within that mindset, we now got this interesting story where people are starting to doubt the, the ability for equities to rebound and recover and their place in you know, traditional investments, their place in investment theory and their place in your portfolios. And I certainly am one to agree with, you know, the rise of alternative investments over the over the last twenty years has been um, has been very good, and it's been appropriate, um, but but um, not as understood as as um, we I would like, and I think it needs to be exposed to people more often. So especially when it comes to legacy sort of offshore capital, alternative investments. And when I talk about alternative investments, I'm talking sort of hedge funds and then exposure to um, different type of asset classes where you get um, exposure to investments that aren't necessarily traditional, like private equity, venture capital, um, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, the nice thing about that in a legacy portfolio is it's uncorrelated. And what that means is that it behaves in a completely different way to your traditional investment, your share or your bond, whatever it might be. And it does give you this ability to um, create a return and risk profile for your investments that is very different to what you would use in your retirement portfolios. And I think there's a very much a place for that. And certainly when it comes to um, legacy planning, um, it's certainly part of the discussions that I have with my clients around you know, the appropriate mix to use when it comes to that. And I think in, in times where we see now cryptocurrencies are getting absolutely hammered when it comes to their 
their role in the financial market, um, we start to, you know, start really having a, a magnifying glass on alternative assets and where they fit and how they fit and what what proportions one should be investing. Um, but that, but when it comes to alternative investment, it certainly is that more often than not they're used in an environment which is um, sort of legacy excess capital. And I think that you know brings me back to trying to you know ground people in these times when it, there's a lot of uncertainty and people are looking at things going, wow, what's going on? Is I urge you to take a to ensure that through all your decision making, and this is in, in, this includes your business, um, is to make sure that the decision making is founded on the correct principles so that you know where everything fits. And once a decision is made in a particular field like say retirement you can then rest assured that the the portfolio that you've gone into and the asset allocation that you've gone into is appropriate for that particular need really when people invest this is my view but when people invest purely for return outside of that framework you can find yourself in a situation where in the short term where returns don't meet your expectation that panic rises and you know the wrong type of decisions um start to start to be made so i hope you guys have found that useful um, and in future podcasts i think what i might do is break each different section down but um if you've got any more questions shoot me a line grab me on linkedin and we can chat further about it thanks very much cheers